Chapter Three of *The Man in the Iron Mask* by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: The Skin of the Bear. Colbert handed the Duchess the letter and gently drew aside the chair beside which she was standing. Madame de Chevreuse, with a very slight bow, immediately left the room. Colbert, who had recognized Mazarin's handwriting and had counted the letters, rang to summon his secretary whom he enjoined to go in immediate search of Monsieur Vanel, a councillor of the Parliament. The secretary replied that, according to his usual practice, Monsieur Vanel had just that moment entered the house, in order to give the intendant an account of the principal details of the business which had been transacted during the day in Parliament. Colbert approached one of the lamps, read the letters of the deceased cardinal over again, and smiled repeatedly as he recognized the great value of the papers Madame de Chevreuse had just delivered, and burying his head in his hands for a few minutes, reflected profoundly. In the meantime, a tall, loosely made man entered the room, his spare, thin face, steady look and hooked nose, as he entered Colbert's cabinet, with a modest assurance of manner, revealed a character at once supple and decided. Supple toward the master who could throw him the prey, firm toward the dogs who might possibly be disposed to dispute its possession monsieur vanel carried a voluminous bundle of papers under his arm and placed it on the desk on which colbert was leaning both his elbows as he supported his head good day monsieur vanel said the latter rousing himself from his meditation good day monseigneur said vanel naturally you should say monsieur and not monseigneur replied colbert gently we give the title of monseigneur to ministers returned vanel with extreme self-possession and you are a minister not yet you are so in point of fact and i call you monseigneur accordingly besides you are seigneur for me and that is sufficient if you dislike my calling you monseigneur before others allow me at least to call you so in private colbert raised his head as if to read or try to read upon vanel's face how much or how little sincerity entered into this protestation of devotion but the counsellor knew perfectly well how to sustain the weight of such a look even backed with the full authority of the title he had conferred Colbert sighed. He could not read anything in Vanel's face, and Vanel might possibly be honest in his professions. But Colbert recollected that this man, inferior to himself in every other respect, was actually his master in virtue of the fact of his having a wife. As he was pitying this man's lot, Vanel coldly drew from his pocket a perfumed letter, sealed with Spanish wax, and held it toward Colbert, saying, a letter from my wife monseigneur colbert coughed took opened and read the letter and then put it carefully away in his pocket while vanel turned over the leaves of the papers he had brought with him with an unmoved and unconcerned air vanel he said suddenly to his protege you are a hard-working man i know would twelve hours daily labor frighten you I work fifteen hours every day. Impossible. A councillor need not work more than three hours a day in Parliament. Oh, 
i am working up some returns for a friend of mine in the department of accounts and as i still have spare time on my hands i am studying hebrew your reputation stands high in the parliament banal i believe so monseigneur you must not grow rusty in your post of counsellor what must i do to avoid it purchase a high place mean and low ambitions are very difficult to satisfy small purses are the most difficult ones to fill monseigneur what post have you in view said colbert i see none not one there is one certainly but one need be almost the king himself to be able to buy it without inconvenience and the king will not be inclined i suppose to purchase the post of procureur-general at these words venel fixed his peculiar humble dull look upon colbert who could hardly tell whether venel comprehended him or not why do you speak to me monseigneur said venel of the post of procureur-general to the parliament i know no other post than the one monsieur fouquet fills exactly so my dear counsellor you are not over fastidious monseigneur but before the post can be bought it must be offered for sale i believe monsieur venel that it will be for sale before long for sale what monsieur fouquet's post of procureur-general so it is said the post which renders him so perfectly invincible for sale <laughs> said venel beginning to laugh would you be afraid then of the post said colbert gravely afraid no but are you desirous of obtaining it you are laughing at me monseigneur replied venel is it likely that a councillor of the parliament would not be desirous of becoming procurer-general well monsieur venel since i tell you that the post as report goes will be shortly for sale i cannot help repeating monseigneur that it is impossible a man never throws away the buckler behind which he maintains his honor his fortune his very life there are certain men mad enough venel to fancy themselves out of the reach of all mischances yes monseigneur but such men never commit their mad acts for the advantage of the poor venels of the world why not for the very reason that those venels are poor it is true that monsieur fouquet's post might cost a good round sum what would you bid for it monsieur venel everything i am worth which means three or four hundred thousand francs 
and the post is worth a million and a half at the very lowest i know persons who have offered one million seven hundred thousand francs without being able to persuade monsieur fouquet to sell besides supposing it were to happen that monsieur fouquet wished to sell which i do not believe in spite of what i've been told ah you have heard something about it then who told you monsieur de gourville monsieur pelisson and others very good if therefore monsieur fouquet did wish to sell i could not buy it just yet since the superintendent will only sell for ready money and no one has a million and a half to put down at once colbert suddenly interrupted the councillor by an imperious gesture he had begun to meditate observing his superior's serious attitude and his perseverance in continuing the conversation on this subject vanel awaited the solution without venturing to precipitate it explain to me the privileges which this post confers the right of impeaching every french subject who is not a prince of the blood the right of quashing all proceedings taken against any frenchman who is neither king nor prince the procureur-general is the king's right hand to punish the guilty the office is the means whereby also he can evade the administration of justice monsieur fouquet therefore would be able by stirring up parliament to maintain himself even against the king and the king could as easily by humoring monsieur fouquet get his edicts registered in spite of every opposition and objection the procureur-general can be made a very useful or a very dangerous instrument vanel would you like to be procureur-general said colbert suddenly softening both his look and his voice i exclaimed the latter i have already had the honor to represent to you that i want about eleven hundred thousand francs to make up the amount borrow that sum from your friends i have no friends richer than myself you are an honest and honorable man vanel <laughs> monseigneur if the world would only think as you do i think so and that is quite enough and if it should be needed i will be your security do not forget the proverb monseigneur what is that that he who becomes responsible for another has to pay for his fancy let that make no difference vanel rose bewildered by this offer which had been so suddenly and unexpectedly made to him you are not trifling with me monseigneur he said stay you say that monsieur gourville has spoken to you about monsieur fouquet's post yes and monsieur pelisson also officially so or only through their own suggestion these were their very words uh, the parliament members are as proud as they are wealthy 
they ought to club together two or three millions among themselves to present to their protector and leader monsieur fouquet and what did you reply i said that for my own part i would give ten thousand francs if necessary ah you like monsieur fouquet then exclaimed colbert with a look of hatred no but monsieur fouquet is our chief he is in debt is on the high road to ruin and we ought to save the honor of the body of which we are members exactly and that explains why monsieur fouquet will always be safe and sound so long as he occupies his present post replied colbert thereupon said Vanel, monsieur gourville added if we were to do anything out of charity to monsieur fouquet it could not be otherwise than most humiliating to him and he would be sure to refuse it let the parliament subscribe among themselves to purchase in a proper manner the post of procureur-general in that case all would go well the honor of our body would be saved and monsieur fouquet's pride spared that is an opening i considered it so monseigneur well monsieur banel you will go at once and find out either monsieur gourville or monsieur pelisson do you know any other friend of monsieur fouquet i know monsieur de la fontaine very well la fontaine the rhymester yes he used to write verses to my wife when monsieur fouquet was one of our friends go to him then and try and procure an interview with the superintendent willingly but the sum itself on the day and hour you arrange to settle the matter monsieur vanel you shall be supplied with the money so do not make yourself uneasy on that account monseigneur such munificence you eclipse kings even you surpass monsieur fouquet himself stay a moment do not let us mistake each other i do not make you a present of fourteen hundred thousand francs monsieur vanel for i have children to provide for but i will lend you that sum ask whatever interest whatever security you please monseigneur i am quite ready and when all your requisitions are satisfied i will still repeat that you surpass kings and monsieur fouquet in munificence what conditions do you impose the repayment in eight years and a mortgage upon the appointment itself certainly is that all wait a moment i reserve to myself the right of purchasing the post from you at one hundred and fifty thousand franc profit for yourself if in your mode of filling the office you do not follow out a line of conduct in conformity with the interests of the king and with my projects ah said vanel in an altered tone is there anything in that which can possibly be objectionable to you monsieur vanel 
said Colbert coldly. "'Oh, uh, no, no,' replied Vanel nervously. "'Very good. We will sign an agreement to that effect whenever you like. And now go as quickly as you can to Monsieur Fouquet's friend. Obtain an interview with the superintendent. Do not be too difficult in making whatever concessions may be required of you. And when once the arrangements are all made—' i will press him to sign be most careful to do nothing of the kind do not speak of signatures with monsieur fouquet nor of deeds nor even ask him to pass his word understand this otherwise you will lose everything all you have to do is to get monsieur fouquet to give you his hand on the matter go go end of chapter 3 recording by john van stan savannah georgia